Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. She was the people's princess. We fight on the beaches. Oh, hey, man. These are the things that made England. We fight on the landing ground. These are the things that made I England. I have a body, but of a weak and evil woman. These are the things that made England. And a king of England, too. These are the things that made England. Cry God for Harry! And these are the things that made England. England! And St. George! These are the things that made England. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Things That Made England. The idea of our show is to decide on those things that made England as she is. The country that, despite it all, we feel lucky to be part of. This week, I have been lucky enough to choose cricket. My first question, Royford. Oh, hang on. We need to introduce ourselves. My name is David Crowther. I am from the history of England. And oh, remind me who you are. <laughs> uh, I am Robin to your Batman. Robin to your Batman, sir. And I is do that a little... right, Robin? Yeah. What's your real name, Robin? Royford Brown, a... of course, from all those I... great shows. <laughs> Tumpty Dum, Ten American Presidents. You see, I got it right. And Mid-Atlantic. And Mid-Atlantic. Right, so, uh, Royfield, when mm. you saw, when I chose cricket, where did your soul fill with despair that I had taken the topic before you? My thoughts on cricket have, have moved a little. You don't get to give your thoughts I think... on cricket. I was asking you a very specific question. Did your soul filled with despair that I had I said to myself lazy stereotyping of what is quintessentially English there you go (laughs) I said to be controversial okay so your soul didn't fill with despair I'm going to do a bit of mansplaining to you to start off very old game do you know when the first reference was to cricket the first definitive reference well the laws of cricket as we understand it now came about in the 18th century as a village green game. So I'm going to say maybe the first reference to cricket, late 1600s. Mm, uh, about 100 years out, 1598, legal case in Guildford. Uh, a chap called Derek's testimony made it clear that the sport was being played around about 1550. But the actual thing comes from 
1598, sorry. Uh, also, there's a rumour that Edward III is referring to cricket when he uses the word crayag, but he was probably referring to the Irish word crack. Hey, Edward III was big on crack, <laughs> it's got to be said. Anyway, loads and loads of theories about origins, Celtic, Scandinavian, Anglo-Saxon, Dutch, Norman French. The fact that everybody has tried to claim it is evidence of the quality of what we're t- talking about. Most popular theory... Well, or is it maybe evidence of the non-universe? Well, of the universality. Cricket the is thing. the world's second most popular spectator sport after football. There you go. There's a killer fact. So you're going to say that it's a little tiny, you know, mm. parochial, blah blah, you know, thing. Well, no, 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 no. And, and actually, my argument for cricket not going in the cabinet is exactly that: the biggest cricket market. In the yeah, world is India, true. not England. And in actual fact, I was reading, um, uh, I was reading a book called *Inglorious Empire* by a chap called Shashi Tharoor. Come across it, quite a good book, mm-hmm. uh, in which he quotes that cricket was an Indian game accidentally discovered by the British. That's a lovely quote. Anyway, uh, you might say so, but it was invented by us, uh, probably a Kentish game. Why do I think it should go in the cabinet? Because it is the greatest game invented by man. <laughs> um, and why is it the greatest uh, game invented by man? It is a perfect antidote for the modern world. It is a game that can be played over five days without getting a result. Now, I had a chat to an American a while ago, and Ryan said to me, uh, his point was a rubbish point he was making, actually, it's got to be said, but basically he was saying there needed to be a result in sport. Otherwise, it's not a proper game. So wrong. But David, David, that, uh, as a comment, could only be made by an American because... Um, there are many, you know, many sports, you know, rugby, rugby, you can, yeah, it's like or football, it's you can have a draw, well, can in football, but, but it, this is a cultural element, which is decidedly American. So I'm just demolishing one of your points saying that this is a wonderful thing that you can play forever and just have a draw. But I'm saying unlike, many other sports, uh, cricket, you can have a draw. football, you can't play for five days and end up with a draw. Okay. Can you? Do you remember up until the early 1990s, there were FA Cup replays that went on three or four times until there was a result? We only went on for five days. We never got that far. And but you could have end, five games, could, though. You could have five games. Golden goal or sudden death. No, back in those days, they just kept on playing until there was a result. So you'd have the replay. Touching its draws. No, no, no. I think you are with this example. Theoretically. I'm demolishing it. Theoretically, but... When was there ever a game in football, even with the tenuous example of replays, where it went over five days without a result? Name me one example. Just one would do. Just one. No, just right. one. My, pa- my powers of Google are not quite good enough. <laughs> right. But, <Because> there is <laughs> but you give me long enough. So, as I say, it is a game that teaches you that there is not necessarily any right. answer so, to a problem. Move on to your next point. Your next point. It is a game that stops for tea. Of course, tea isn't an English drink, but tea time is an extremely English concept, I would say, and cricket stops for tea. Okay, I'll give you that. Secondly, it invented Test Match Surely Special. that's thirdly. The greatest radio show I have ever listened to, which has personally saved my life many times. Mm-hmm. I used to work in a warehouse, the dullest job known to man, and I would have killed myself if it hadn't been for <laughs> Test Match Special. Fantastic. Absolutely brilliant radio programme. 
Couldn't exist anywhere else in the world. Spent most of the time talking about cakes, only 5% of the time talking about the game. As a game, best game invented by man because it combines team and ranting now, aren't I? Yeah, go ranting. It combines team and individual. Like, I can't think of another sport that does it in quite Baseball. the same way. Maybe. Rounders. Um, <laughs> where you've got that duel. Between, you know, there's two guys in the middle. The whole team's looking David, at Even baseball, you don't quite like have that. another one of your points. Baseball is constructed in the same way. Yeah, cricket is very similar, yeah. yeah. So let, let, let's move on. But it's on. not quite the same because in baseball, you go out and you have your hit and away you go. In cricket, as a batsman, you are exposed to the full force of that team's hostility for many hours with only you and one mate out there against the whole team. So in baseball, you really are exposed to the hostility of the whole other team because you don't have another batsman to run. That is true. But it is um, a relatively... You've lost that point, sir. Oh, come on. In cricket, you're out there for... You know, you might be out there all day. Just you against the whole team. style. Yeah, it's quite... (laughs) Jeffrey... (laughs) But my point really is actually right for that it combines it combines the, all the team game. You cannot win in cricket without being a strong team, but it combines that with that one to one dual element, and that's absolutely unique about cricket. About cricket, I think. Uh, Say maybe baseball is a little bit similar. Has got some similarities. It's very similar. It is the perfect game for nerds. Think of John Wisdom. Well, think of just that. whilst we're on it, just before we go on to the perfect game for nerds, Formula One is a, a team game wrapped up all around the individual is a completely different sport which you can make exactly the same point about ah, it's not quite the same i mean i take your point in a way any sport is a bit like that actually these days with increasing professionalism of sport the athlete has got a team behind them but listen the team is not involved in the front line playing of the game i feel i'm being overly feel, difficult right so i'm gonna let, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna concede the floor to you with whatever you say whether i agree or not for the next two <laughs> minutes or not say a peep sir <laughs> The perfect game for nerds, Royfield. Have you seen somebody who owns all the Wisdoms? Founded in 1864, Mm. longest running sports annual in history. Just fantastic. Every stat, how many runs they've scored, you know, how many catches they've made. Ah, just the perfect game for nerds. Now, I'm not sure this is unique to cricket, actually. I'm going to warble on it about it anyway. Traditions in history, excepting most sports have these, but Botham's Ashes, 1981, the terrifying Windows teams of the 80s, the greats. You know, people can sit in pubs and talk all day about Jack Hobbs, Don Bradman, Gary Sobers, Ambrose, Walsh, Malcolm Marshall, Sonal Gavaska, Wacky Eunice, Tendulka, Brian Lara, Morley, all the rest of it. You know, you can just talk for hours about those guys, but that's probably true. You can do that in football too. And last but not least, cricket is an image and a dream of England, isn't it? Cricket is on the green, all playing white, stopping for tea. A dream of England, which is more real and present than you might think when you get down to this level. In conclusion, an overwhelming argument to put uh, Mm -hmm. the greatest game invented by man, but in actual fact, invented by the English. Is that it? That is it. I think three quarters of what you've just said could be said of baseball. You are correct, sir. When you talk about the fact that there's this great law behind cricket built around individual batsmen or bowlers. But that's the same as if I said Ty Cobb to, to a baseball fan or Hank Aaron, Ted Williams. But there is something about the individual nature of cricket and baseball where you venerate 
that individual that little bit more than you do in a more traditional team sport, I would say, like association rules football or rugby league or union. Yes, there is a Ronaldo and a Messi, but those individual talents that stand out amongst those teams are much more rare than in cricket or baseball. Okay, So so, so that's the one thing. Now, after spending a lot of time in America, I frequently hear people say that they like to hear baseball on the radio. So they have an equivalent. It's just not national in the way that Test Match Special is because radio in America isn't national. There is a similar experience whereby you get a group of guys together who all feel like they've been mates for 50 years, who can just talk. They're great raconteurs. I have spent many a wet, well, in the 1980s anyway, in the early 1990s when the West Indies were still good, many a wet Wednesday listening to Blowers or Johnners or whoever the heck it was on yeah. Test Match Special, and they were talking about Mrs. Marple sending in a fruit sponge and how wonderful it was. But trust me, similar thing happens with radio baseball commentary. It maybe not quite as accomplished, but maybe that's just my English prejudice. Um, now, David, can I just admit a truth here? Go on. I do feel that it needs to go in, right? But I want to fight against it going in because I would see it as being slightly obvious totem of Englishness. There is an opportunity for you, this rather is, than being adversary, much more to say, about me. you're absolutely right. What a fantastic game. Let's talk about the greats, Royfield. You know, let's let's wallow in it. <laughs> let's, you know, let's talk about what happened to the Windies. Why are they not up where they were? Let's talk about the terror of watching poor old Graham Gooch get well, beaten to a pulp. Or what's his name? Um, small fat chap, Mike Gatting. Getting absolutely destroyed by the West Indian bowlers. You know, we can we can enjoy it. Come over to the bright side. Come over to the light. There is, there is, there is something. We, here. the English, see cricket, or at least used to, as something which it bestowed upon the world. And it was seen somewhat as a civilising factor. So you had crazy situations like, like this. Um, in the West Indies... The captain of the West Indies cricket team was always white and as late as the late 1950s. That is extraordinary. I mean, there are some negatives. I would agree with you that that one of the things that irritated me about cricket, I think has changed a bit now. Actually, you've got the the one-day game, the 2020 game, which I think are fantastic games. And actually, another reason why cricket is so great is that those those three forms of the game are all so different. Um, you know, I love Test Match cricket, but I love 2020 as well. But that thing about the upper class dipsticks and their crusty old buffties and the MCC tie, I always hated that. Well, I will concede um, your point, which you made before, in that one of the beauties of cricket is that it can uh, have different formats. I will just about call myself an Oakland A's fan. So, Oakland A's or a baseball team. I don't know an awful lot about baseball. And it is very similar to cricket. People go there and they don't watch every ball, every play, just like you wouldn't at a, at a test match or even a one day. You go there, you have your sandwiches, you have a bit, you have a beer, you'll watch it for half an hour. You might have a, have a wander, have a talk to your friend. You don't have to watch every ball. 
Uh, and then they have the, the the nerds who are there, the statisticians that, you know, do plot every ball. It's just like cricket. But they're wearing baseball but it caps. Lasts I mean, I happened to love baseball. I was in Toronto. It was in 1998, and the World Series was on, and a mm-hmm. chap called Gibson came out at the end of the ninth or something ridiculous and hit a home run to win it. Every sport. But baseball takes a couple of hours. Well, it's more than just a couple of hours. Okay. Because actually, the, the game that I just saw the, the other day, um, after the ninth innings, it, there was no no home runs had been hit at all. It was still nil-nil, and it just kept on going on, and there wasn't a result until the 13th. And it was more than a couple of hours, David. It was We were talking about a good four to five. Okay, but four to I five. Take your point, I can see the point. I it's take your five. point that unless we're talking about 2020, cricket is a longer game. Yeah. And there is something about the Titanic on one level, but then subtle on another level, battle that goes on, on in a test match. In, in cricket, but I think the one thing about baseball, when, when you hear Americans say all the time, cricket, it's boring because you can go and they will say five days and there's no result. You watch a baseball game and that pitcher pitches the ball and invariably the batsman, you know, the batter swings and misses 85% of the time. You are watching the same thing over and fundamentally the same thing over and over. And yes, people say there's subtleties because it's a different pitch. It's a curveball and it was this and it was a that. But it seems to me a little bit, but Royfield, though we've got into a you know a comparison between baseball and cricket. And I am very prepared to believe that baseball, which by the way, Robin Williams described cricket as basically baseball on Valium, interesting enough. And I am prepared <laughs> to believe that baseball is a fantastic game. You know, comparisons are odious, as somebody said. Okay, I think you're you're right, David. You're a game in many ways, and that is part of the English psyche and has been part of English culture. It's not anymore, though. It's not anymore. It's part of our mythos, and that's my whole point. That's my whole point. It's part of our mythos because the 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 most passionate cricket playing nation on planet Earth is India. Yeah, the most lucrative league. In the world is India. Yeah, Arguably, the second most fervent country for cricket would be Pakistan. If if my argument relied on England being the best, because there, there is no other team bucket. sport they do there. David, I'm on a roll. David, it's not about us being the best. It's about what this game says and means to us now. And I think cricket has been something which is quintessentially. English has kind of slightly had its day. Don't get me wrong, it's still really popular. It's not going to disappear anytime soon, right? But we've given it to the Empire and the Empire have picked up the ball and run with it to mix my sporting metaphors completely. You know, the, the Aussies generally are better at it than us. And I would say they're more fervent at it than us, that we have taken into it is still this slightly genteel attitude of gentlemen and and, and commoners yeah, sure, yeah, uh, gone, isn't it? and it doesn't have the same guttural visceral feel to us cricket that it does to the indians or to the australians and the west indies were much more passionate about cricket for in the 70s 80s and into the mid 90s than the english no, i mean even if i conceded the point does that matter the point is, it's very important to us. You know, it's, again, the second most popular game in the country. It's a part of our national You said life. the world. You said the world. 
you said it was the Brazil. I would like to bet it's the second most popular spectator sport in the year. You know, we don't have to be best at it. We don't have to be the most uh, passionate in the world. The point is that it's an absolutely core part of of what we are, where we've come from, and it is is something that we have created. This debate, in particular, says maybe slightly more about me, and I just think that I love cricket. By the way, if you didn't get that impression, I love cricket. I don't necessarily watch it anymore uh, the way that I used to as a as a child and a teenager. Well, you need quite a lot of time, don't you? That's the thing. Well, you know, but I but you could still follow the follow the results, and I and I don't really do that anymore. And there was a there was a time in the late nineties when Warwickshire, is that your team which is well? the team, of course, that, yeah, you're Warwickshire yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Birmingham. You know, Edgebaston's in Birmingham. Down Birmingham so, really, Bears um, a few times. Uh, Dennis Amos was my well, um, was my hero of choice. Are you too young for Dennis Amos? No, 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 no. I come in on a, on a little bit of Dennis Amos. But there was a time um, when Warwickshire were the best team in the land for two or three years because of Dermot yes, Reeves, the captain. Perfect. He was a great tactician. And one of the best days of my life was had at Edgebaston Cricket Ground with my dad. Um, we had hospitality um, at the largesse of the Birmingham Evening Mail newspaper took my dad and david we've never eaten so much in, in in all of our lives we're in this executive box it was a beautiful sunny day right we, we got there at 11 o'clock we said uh what do you want for 11s is and my dad said son let's fill our boots so he just went crazy by the time we had half an hour's respite just to you know to um unloosen our belts watch a tiny bit of cricket just in time for lunch what do you want for lunch? My dad said, okay, son, let's fill our boots. We had the biggest salmon lunch you could ever hope to have. As my dad was like easing himself out of his chair, he said, we best watch some of this cricket at about three o'clock now. It seemed like five minutes afterwards, they broke for tea. And the woman said, what do you want for tea? And my dad just said, son, they're, they're trying to kill us now. Right. So, But we, we, we walked down some afternoon tea. And then at six o'clock, she says, what do you want for dinner? My dad says, son, we've got to leave now. <laughs> <laughs> it was the most glorious English sum- summer's afternoon. And for that, and for that reason alone, of course, cricket should go into the cabinet, David. Very good. Right, well, we can put it to the test. We can put it to the to the vote. What's oh, I like that. Put it to the test. Like that. Good hey, point. Very good. Hey, 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 if only I'd meant that. Uh, a couple of quiz <laughs> questions for you. Longest game ever in cricket? No idea. I'll give you a clue. 1939 was the year in which it was played in Durban. I was actually going to say it would have been the 1930s. That's a crazy time where they had uncovered pitches and they'd just go on forever until they got a result. So I would have got the decade right if, if I'd have said that. But OK, so it's good. Nine days long. And who, who played who? And they had to stop because the boat was leaving. <laughs> England on tour, so eventually they had to go. Anyway, I think I think we have covered cricket. So everybody, we put it to you that uh, cricket should go into the cabinet. Hopefully, you will have your say and tell us if you don't think it should be. Okay. And before we go, why don't we see what people said last week about HP Source? Did they think it should go in, or did they agree with me and say it should not? I've got a sinking feeling already. <laughs> Fiona here with the Facebook Roundup. Brown sauce. Is it cabinet worthy? And it seems brown sauce has proven to be the most marmite of condiments. People either loathe the stuff or they're prepared to go into battle clutching the bottle to their breast. Royfield worded the poll so that your choices were, do you want red or brown sauce with this answer, 28 votes, versus 
I'm foreign and I have no idea what brown sauce is, 42 votes. But it seems that folk took issue with the wording of the poll. Some stood in the sidelines mumbling or even expressing outrage in a fit of passion that would have been quite unacceptable where I went to school. So I took the liberty of asking again, but plainly, brown sauce, yay or nay? Rowena said, I vote a resounding no. I don't care how good Royfield says it is in a sandwich. Outside the UK, no one knows what it is, so it cannot possibly make England. Christina countered, but isn't that the point? Because most people who aren't English don't know about or get brown sauce that makes it one of the things that make England. Paul asked, when did tomato ketchup become red sauce? I feel like there was a memo I missed. Jacqueline said, brought up in the Midlands, we always said red sauce or brown sauce. Richard said, brown sauce on a bacon bap, ketchup with a sausage, malt vinegar on your chips. I don't make the laws, but that's what they are. Steve C. commented, it's the Ringo star of condiments, not worthy to be in the cabinet on its own, but in as a group, i.e. bacon sandwich. And then for some reason, people were preparing to mount barricades in a fit of mistaken Frenchified fervour. They must all be of Norman descent. And Witherspoon commented that I had a lot of comments to wade through. Indeed I did. Well over 400. So I do recommend that you get onto the Facebook page and wander about for yourself. Although I must make mention of a post that made me smile. Dan commented, As a Sheffielder, I'd like to point out the joys of Henderson's relish. One, it's strong and northern. Two, it's not got fish in it. Three, it goes very nicely on pies. Four, and chips. Five, and anything that HP sauce goes on, only it's not so thick and gloopy. Six, it's genuinely still made in Sheffield. Seven, it has been the subject of many artworks, songs, and even T-shirts. All right there, Yorkshire. He can't hear me. He's too busy saying hendos, hendos, hendos. So back to the Facebook page. Join in, and whilst you're there, scroll down to the hilarious video posted by Luke on what English sports look like to non-English speakers. Luke will be doing the round-up on cricket. I do hope you'll give him as hard a time as you've given me. In a fortnight, the suit is up for discussion, and I've asked Luke to handle that round-up as well. So goodbye till we meet again. Golly, it must be time for tea. Oh, bang as a mash. Fabulous. Do you want brown sauce with that, Fiona? Absolutely. Ah, Fiona. Should have gone for mustard. Thanks, Fiona. That's brilliant. A fantastic summary of a really surprisingly passionate debate as full and frank as the sauce itself. And thanks, as always, to you and Luke for pulling everything together after the summary. I love listening to them. Thanks very much for listening, everybody. It's fantastic of you to listen in. Do go onto the Facebook site when we can talk about who was the greatest batsman of all time or who is the greatest bowler played for Warwickshire. We can talk about all those things. And incidentally, we can vote for it to go into the cabinet. So that's it from me, David Crowther. And it's for- goodbye from... That's <laughs> goodbye from You can't me. avoid the two Ron listening, can you? It's impossible. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. And these are the things that made England. England. And St. George... These are the things that made England. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.